So first of all, a reading. I appreciate with these readings, the Buddha can cover a huge amount of territory in, in, you know, in, in five sentences. Uh, you think, what? Uh, so I'll give the references, but uh, try to repeat the terms again, one at a time. But apart from the terms, also I'd like to encourage uh, a feeling for the, the fluidity, the fluidity of the transmission, which is both there in the conditioned analysis, this leads to that, this leads to that, it's fluid. And also just to listen and uh, trust that you'll pick up the bits that are right for you at this time. Remember, this wasn't oral, spoken, listened to teaching, not a written teaching. So just, just stay open and see what happens, see what lands for you. One or two points land, that's great. So in this discourse, this is the um, numerical discourses, Anguttara, Book of the Tens, um, Sutta 61. And the Buddha talks about the food or the nourishment for ignorance and the nourishment for full knowledge and release, true knowledge and liberation. Both of these are dependently arising on other factors. So first, with ignorance. Ignorance, avijja, not seeing, getting confused, missing the point losing focus, not being in touch with, not getting it. I say because the ignorance has a nutriment. It's not without nutriment. What is the nutriment for ignorance? It should be said the five hindrances. The five hindrances too have a nutriment. What is their nutriment? Three kinds of misconduct. That's essentially through body, speech or thought, and mind or heart, inclination. Mm. What is the nutriment for the three kinds of misconduct? Should be said non-restraint of the sense faculties. Non-restraint of the sense faculties has a nutriment, is not without nutriment. What is the nutriment for the lack of sense restraint? A lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension has a nutriment. What is the nutriment? Careless attention. Careless attention has a nutriment, not without nutriment. What is the nutriment for careless attention? Lack of faith. Lack of faith has a nutriment, not without nutriment. And what is the nutriment for lack of faith? Not hearing the good Dhamma. 
Not hearing good dharma has a nutriment. What is that nutriment? Not associating with good people. Mm. So you can this can be translated in different ways, but this is good enough, definitely. Mm. Thus, not associating with good persons, that's saparisa. When that fills up, it fills up not hearing good dhamma. When not hearing good dhamma fills up, it fills up an absence of faith or an erosion of faith even. Lack of faith becoming full fills up careless attention. I translated this word as deep attention, appropriate attention, yonisomanisikara, penetrative attention, which really looks carefully into things. Careless attention fills up lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Sati, mindfulness, clear comprehension, sampajano, Pajano, direct knowing, Sampa, thoroughly clear knowing. Sometimes depends on where you emphasize the alertness or the depth, but Sampajano, term you're probably familiar with. That of Sati Sampajano fills up non-restraint of the sense faculties. As that becomes full, it fills up the three kinds of misconduct. as actions of Sensual desire, sensual greed, ill will, uh, cruelty, either body, thinking, or heart inclination. Three kinds of misconduct fill up the five hindrances. Five hindrances, sense desire, ill will, dullness, stiffness of mind, restlessness worry and speculative doubting, wavering. Thus there is nutriment, the five interests fill up ignorance. Just as when the rain pours down in thick droplets on a mountain top, the water flows down along the slope, fills the clefts, gullies and creeks. They become full, fill up the pools. They become full, they fill up the lakes, fill up the streams, fill up the rivers, fill up the great ocean. I say because that true knowledge and liberation has nutriment, not without nutriment. What is the nutriment for true knowledge and liberation? It should be said, The seven factors of enlightenment. Seven factors of enlightenment have a nutriment. The nutriment is the four establishments of mindfulness. The four establishments of mindfulness have a nutriment. Three kinds of good conduct. Nonsensuality, contentment. 
uh, inclining to the heart, moving away from the sense fields, inclining to the contentment of the heart's virtues, non-ill will, being able to meet unpleasant feeling, unpleasant perceptions without, you know, that venom, that rancor rising up, cruelty, uh, to be able to meet, uh, to be open, not dismissive, insensitive, Mm, have fellow feeling rather than mm, absence of it. Three kinds of good conduct have a nutriment, restraint of the sense faculties. Restraint of the sense faculties have a nutriment, satisampachano, mindfulness and clear comprehension. They have a nutriment, careful attention, deep, penetrative, steady attention, not shallow. Mm, attention. Nutriment for careful attention should be said faith. Nutriment for faith, hearing good Dhamma. The nutriment for good Dhamma, association with Sapurisa, true people, authentic people, properly. Rounded out, steady, reliable people. (laughs) And so clearly you can contemplate any of these terms and flesh them out and get a feeling for what they they really mean for you. That's where you listen to Dhamma. The words you can slide over in a matter of seconds. You get the heart impression of what is a good person? What does that mean to you? And how can you, when you hear that, how can you bring up those qualities that you admire in others? Any of them that are accessible for you. Not just the ones that seem way out of reach, but the ones that are accessible. That you can get a handle on and cause to grow. And as it says, Similar process, when this association becomes full, when it becomes full, you're really taking it in, you're filled with what it is, you, you know it, you get a sense of what that means for you. And that filling your heart is lifted towards that, to incline towards those qualities open to them, let them grow. Hearing the good Dhamma, really taking it in deeply, the bit that you can reach. The process of filling means you start with a few drops that you can get to, that are accessible to you. Linger in it and you'll get a bit more. Linger in that, a little more will open up. Mm. 
And this is the fluidity of the process. Hearing good Dhamma fills up careful attention. One's attention is steady, appropriately positioned, appropriately poised, looking what's suitable, not wasting it on what's unsuitable, finding out what is suitable and unsuitable <laughs> through trial and error, or the results, mind scattered, blurred, numbed, you know, in a flurry, or is it steadied, opened, cooled, yeah, whatever those terms, you know, mean for you, what's meaningful for you. Mm. They will give rise to satisampajano, you'll be able to stay, bear that in mind, that quality, the careful attention is presented. Noticed it. Well, this is steadying. This is dispassion. This is brightening. This is heartwarming. And you need to stay with it. You assess it. You fully penetrate how it's affecting you. And when it affects you, is it begins to erode the foundations of ignorance and hindrances. So this fills up restraint of the sense faculties because you begin to more and more fully know where you're going to grow and develop is not in the sense faculties. They wane (laughs) and even when they're full on, they can be as much a nuisance as a support. <laughs> Constant irritation of phenomena winging in and winging out, just buzzing through, stimulating, chafing, flurrying. You want something that's actually more deep and lasting. Restrain that. Mm. Feel the qualities that good attention provides, nourishes in you, brings the fore, brings out the best in you. It's there, but it needs filling up. These lead to the three kinds of good conduct. Mind doesn't bring forth uh, harmful intentions. It brings forth restraint and contentment, being easy, easy to be with, you know, always moaning. <laughs> Want more of this, this or that. It's not fair, it's fine. You know, I can be with that. Yeah. Obviously, not everything's exactly gives rise to pleasant feeling, but yeah, I'll pass. I can be with that. There has to be room to be able to accommodate the disagreeable. Otherwise, we're always going to be defending ourselves or getting irritated and snappy and snarly, grumpy.
Where does that take you? Why do we get irritable? Because things aren't the way that I feel like I'd like them to be right now. Well, this is hardly headline news, is it? How do you manage that? Just kind of throttle yourself or just feeling, it's feeling. Okay. Mm. And here's steadiness. Here's collectedness. Here's where the real strengths lie. Mm. Withdrawing from sources of sense contact into breathing in, breathing out. Tension, steady, steadying yourself in body, steadying yourself in thought, restrain the thought, turn the thought to inquiry, inquiry in terms of Dhamma, is this changeable, does it move, does it shift, can I witness it, and then conduct of heart. The intention, the inclination to do just this, and receiving the results. Attention, intention, and attention. And skills of good conduct, mental conduct. When these become full, they fill up the four establishments of mindfulness. One's able to place sati on just four reference points. It's a huge simplification of our input, which can be so multifold, spangled, more than stars in the sky, more than the dewdrops on the grass. But you come down to anything, dewdrops on the grass, wet. That's got it. <laughs> And you don't go into the little details. You sum up the crucial bit and you place it. This is body, the feeling. This is the heart, chitta, awareness being affected. These are skillful, unskillful dhammas. And you keep referring, you know, filtering, gathering your experience in these transpersonal terms they're not um, you know personal terms is what's me 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 but actually body is just body isn't it I mean big body small body old body young body male body female body sick body it's body embodiment something universal rather than person specific that takes a lot of the sting out of it, a lot of the spice out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, because in all that sting and spice is the turning, the churning and the contraction into me, alone, only one, everybody else different, therefore the contracted state called clinging to the five aggregates. It's a state of contraction. You can feel it. 
I say contraction, it's because that's what it feels like. If you've known the uncontracted even for a moment, that release, that openness, that relinquishment, that dispassion, that non-fascination with it, you know, oh, this is free, and this. And it's, you know, this is a key point for establishments of mindfulness. Because it is, uh, in itself, it's, an, it's a presentation that's not based upon clinging to an identity. This is a presentation. Body. Okay, there's a location, definitely there's that. We all experience being located, but the shape of it, you know, doesn't, not, so what? The age of it, the gender, just the body, what is it? It's a breathing, living experience, isn't it? Being located in an embodied experience. So that already kind of takes away some of the flurry around what you look like. What other people look like. Big, big topic in the world, isn't it? Huge topic. Billion dollar industry based upon just that. It's a weight off the mind, isn't it? Because they do, you know, when you look at it, whatever you do to them, it's still aging, sickness and death. Is one story of that. The identity body does that. With all the distress that can cause, the vanity, the anguish, the clinging. And the Buddha also saying, within this body, there's the way out of samsara. Breathing in, breathing out. Attuning to this rhythmic life force. And how that brings up supportive signs for the chitta to listen to. And what are those signs? Well, first of all, feeling happens not me doing it. So you be really careful with uh, meditation, you don't end up doing mindfulness of breathing. Mm. You, you, you're participating, attentive to receiving, but breathing happens very well without you. <laughs> In fact, sometimes a lot better. Um, what does it do? It swells, it subsides, it energizes, it cools. The in-breath, the inhalation arouses gently. The exhalation subsides, cools, eases gently. The pause opens. We listen and follow that. And this means there's quite a wide span of attention. 
If you're not focused on a particular point, but on a process. Mm. This process requires a kind of a, a certain disengagement, not looking at a particular point or a detail, unless you you might need something to get you started, and then increasingly aware of the entire body experience flowing through. What happens to your attention? Your attention is not cramped, it's not pressed, it's receptive, expansive, but not drifting. And why? Because it's interested in listening into this life process, deep listening, which you've begun to cultivate with careful attention. You've already begun to cultivate that. And you've sustained that with sati. And now, having sustained it, you now have a uh, kind of qualities of mind that you can then deliberately place onto experience. Pleasant, painful feeling, surge, the the push, feeling pushes, doesn't it? Unpleasant feeling pushes you back, pleasant feeling pushes you forward. Neutral feeling, you kind of either space out, drift off, or wait till it changes. What's the kind of attention you've cultivated on mindfulness of breathing? Well, then actually it stays steady because it's not engaged with the feeling, nor is it looking for another one. It's actually spanning the process of a feeling, how it surges, rises, moves through. But we train with body because this is easier. Once you come into feeling, you're coming into mental feeling, which is exceptionally provocative much more provocative, complex, much more identified with than physical feeling. Because the mind is much more identified with than the body. That really is me. Body is mine, but me, the mind, is me. (laughs) And it's holding that body. Well, when you come to feeling... One of the principal focuses of me to derive pleasant feeling, to resist unpleasant feeling, we abandon it and go to the witnessing of feeling. Pleasant, unpleasant, agreeable, disagreeable. That which you like less of, that which you like more of mental feeling, emotional feeling. Don't want to be with the boring, heard this before, disagreeable. Want to be with a new thing, agreeable. Don't listen to the washing up rotor, again, disagreeable. It's not anguished, but just noticing the fluctuations and the way the mind zones out and the way the mind pricks its ears up. It's something more Luscious, new, search for feeling. Mm. 
search for feeling. No, you don't have to search for it. Stay where you are. Let the feeling move through. The way you're establishing this very significant foundation, because this is the basis all dhammas converge on feeling. This is where stuff touches you and you move. Something moves anyway. What moves? Mind moves. Jitta. Heart moves. The affected sense jumps, surges, collapses, stiffens, becomes rigid, lunges, sinks. We're mindful of that. aware of any of those tendencies and power of mindfulness is spanning that. Picking up, jitter's also not completely stupid. It's like a frightened animal. But if you place something steadying next to it, it will tend to go that way. If you place something cool and open next to it, it will tend to go that way something warm and friendly, light and spacious. We're not so completely saturated with ignorance. We know a good thing when we feel it. And the point of associating with good people and so forth and so forth and so forth is to give us a good thing to, oh. Before we say, well, I can't do that, or well, yeah, but they're like that, and I'm not. Before we do that, <laughs> faith. Maybe. Maybe. Because what can't do that is always me, isn't it? I can't do it because I'm blah, blah, blah. I can never do that because I'm blah, blah, blah. It's all right for her because... Blah, blah, blah. It's all right for them because... Blah, blah, blah. Because he started, yeah, because I'm too old, too young, too big, too crazy, too stupid, too saturated with defilements, too... <laughs> it's always a story about me, isn't it? Hmm. The wrongs that have been done to me, and the wrongs I've done to others. <laughs> Very annoys. that we know so well. And you're really sort of simplifying that feeling, and this is the jitta scrambling, desperate scrambling, proliferating, scattering, placing next to something steady. This isn't about me. It is about this. Steady. Breathing in, breathing out. Standing. Walking. Open. It happens. You don't have to make it happen. It's easeful. Jitta. 
begins to change, picks up the right tune. Oh, you notice, oh yeah, there's this also. This also is universal, not about me. You know, he's not the only person in the world who experiences openness. She's not the only person in the world who experiences warm-heartedness. You know, maybe they get it more than I do, but it's certainly a quality. And simple. Language is very simple. Direct, concrete. You listen to that. This um, you know, process, we begin to notice what particular dhammas, skillful or unskillful, arise, dependent upon how one places one's attention, how one moderates one's attitudes, how one relinquishes self-view. Now, the creative flow that occurs when Satisampajanya, mindfulness and clear comprehension is established on these four bases. It sets up a dynamic that begins to transform the confused into the wise. The harsh, the hardened, the closed down into the opened, the willing, the warm by itself. This is a transpersonal process. It's not me net changing myself. And this gives rise, this filling this up, it gives rise to the seven enlightenment factors, which is another story. But mindfulness is right there at the beginning of that, Dhamma Vijaya, which I've been presenting, Dhamma Vijaya exercise to explore. Energy aroused because of that. Refreshment, gladness and uplift. Calming, collectedness, equanimity. This is a law, this is another story. Another piece, you know. Just contemplate the flow of those. And this again, the same phrases are used just as the Rain pours down, little droplets on the mountains. The water flows down along the slope and fills the clefts, gullies and creeks. These becoming full fill up the pools. The pools fill up the streams, the streams, the rivers, the rivers, the lakes and so on. Into the great ocean. So it is, associating with good persons. And that fills up, gives rise to hearing, true Dhamma. Hearing true Dhamma gives rise to faith, openness, possibility, something we can rise. We're not totally enmeshed in this as an opening. As that fills up, takes a while to fill up. It's not just the push a button thing. It's like the river. It takes a while for that to fill up. Just keep dripping, dripping, dripping the bits that will you can reach that give you a sense of encouragement. 
keep listening to those, turning to those. And it fills up. And this um, fills up careful attention. So our attention is, is more constantly penetrative, not just brief episodes, but steadily attentive to the way we move our bodies, the way we affect each other, uh, how we use our requisites, how we respond to systems and routines. Mm. Carefully attending, not becoming automatic, using our time carefully. Now there is energy, now there is wakefulness, apply it. Time is running out. It's not just switch off at six o'clock, it's, you know, there's energy there, right? And keep reviewing. And so the sati is sustained and so on. Mm. And then turning around, so we come to this process, filling up the stream. And it's very, to me, it's kind of always been interesting to notice the interplay of the words. If you, of course, if you have a little, even a smattering of Pali, which is about all I have. You notice that sota is the stream, sotapanna. Sota is also associated with the hearing. Mm. They're slightly, they are, they arrive, they arrive from different roots, but I can't imagine the Buddha wouldn't have noticed that sota sounds pretty much like sota. <laughs> And yet this is the metaphor, stream entry. The Eightfold Path is likened to a stream. All the language here is about stream, isn't it? Flowing from this to that. Filling and flowing. And you get a feeling for that. When you listen to the poetry of that, it's not switch this on, push, gets the net, no push. There is no push in any of this, is there? Things fill, they fill, they naturally overflow. There's no push, but there's movement. That's interesting. And the movement, we might associate sota, stream, sota, listening, hearing, Notice what your hearing consciousness is like. How he says, hearing the good Dhamma. Notice what hearing consciousness is like. So you compare it with visual consciousness. Visual consciousness is always, by and large, by default, point focused. Here you open your eyes, pretty soon they will, they will look for some detail to focus on, which occupies maybe 3% of the visual field. And then that gives a sense of, ah, steadiness. That, right, I'm here, lock. And that's the consciousness that we use predominantly in our lives, particularly with screen life, 
more visual. Organizational life, get a piece of paper out, put some lines on it, scribble some words on it, shuffle it around, add it all up. And organizational life is primarily organized through that faculty and the mind that responds to that faculty. This is this, this is that, this is this, this is that. And it's point. Now you come to the hearing consciousness. As you know, you're quite comfortable hearing silence. You can be quite steady with that. It doesn't seek something to focus on in the same way the eye does, you feel. But it's also very wide. The effect on the chitta, on the mind-heart, widening, receptive, softening, softening, deeply receptive, seeing, different, sharp, narrower, directive, Mm. listening, wide, softer, receptive. Association with good people, what do you think is most useful for that? I would say softening, receptive, widening, listening. Oh, he does it this way, do it that way. Oh, they they made uncomfortable by this. They're pleased with that. We're not listening with our ears, we're listening with our hearts. Hearing true Dhamma, listening, taking it in. And that I would suggest is a very, to me, it's very helpful. Not only listening with the ears, but listening with the heart, because it it helps to take you through the noise. Strangely enough, because you focus on the details of the noise, the description I have of da 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 da, this is this, this is that, it could be this, it could be that, a lot of busyness, very uh, captivating. I mean, I've sometimes spent time in the street rebuilding the whole monastery, I build a staircase there, knock that window out, fix that. Da, 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 da. And then change that, and maybe get that, and you know, just all these visual images come flooding in, and it's captivating. You get into the detail, and you don't see the wood for the trees, and you come back and listen. This is agitation. This is restless agitation. This is lack of contentment. Yeah, of course it's captivating. Sangsara is delightful, delectable, easy. Restraint. Restraint. Listening to... And listening, you kind of simplify the whole process. You, You suddenly see the picture. Here I am, you know... Grumbling about this and grumbling about that. And I'm actually fed, sheltered, looked after, supported, 
space, time, no pressure, no tax, no money to have to figure out. I'm still grumbling and complaining. <laughs> or something is. <laughs> you know, or complaining about myself. I'm not good enough, I'm inadequate, I can't make it here, I'm failure. Blah, blah, blah. Stop. Don't you see that? Misconduct. Yeah? And it's illuminating because I imagine any one of us with a little bit of incentive can produce an identical picture of ourselves with all our problems and da 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 da. Or somebody else. What, I know what she's like, she's really da 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 da. <laughs> you, know, you think, yeah, that's it, I got it, I got it nailed. <laughs> you got it nailed, all right. What does it feel like? Your will. Mm. Painful. Ignoble. Endless. Insatiable. And that's the nature of the hindrances and sangsara in general. It is insatiable. It does not stop. You scratch the itch. Ah, that's got it. Oh, another little scratch. Oh, that's got it. Another little scratch. <laughs> you pick the scab. That's got that's got rid of it. Oh, it's still bleeding. Why is that? Leave it alone. But I got this nasty scab. Leave it alone. I got this terrible. Leave it alone. It will heal. I'm so wounded. Leave it alone. Just place awareness over that. This is a feeling. This is the mind. Scrambled, oppressed, in its oppressed state, its difficult state. Yes, yes, we all know that. Yeah. And this is listening, steady, open, warm. Hmm. I can't fix, but sati sampajana applied is what's required. And simplifying. And whenever the me sound arises, the me experience arises, this is where I tell you, this is where be very careful because it is convincing, fascinating. It is the pivot of the unawakened life. You know, it is the central pivot. And it's this removing of that pivot, not through some sort of demolition job, but through finding other qualities to orient and pivot around. Mm. Sense restraint. Faith. Hearing the good Dhamma. Faith itself, another interesting, for people who like words, sadda. Sadha, sadha, rather similar to sadha, don't you think? Sadha and sadha, probably can't hardly tell the difference. Sadha, the ear. Sadha, faith. 
sota, stream, sota, listening, you know. Mm. Do you think the Buddha was not aware of those, those words and their resonances, the nuances? And faith is a kind of a, that willingness to listen deeply. Uh, because when you listen deeply, you notice beyond the me noise, behind it or I don't know, but apart from the me noise, there's a, a chitta that rises. It doesn't make a noise. So you don't necessarily notice it. And this is the momentum that's carrying through. The jitta clawing its way out. Mm. How does it do that? If I know it's steadying. Cooling. There's an opening here. A place of non-pressure. A place of non-push. The end of the inhalation, the end of the exhalation, the end of a thought. The moment when I drop my preoccupations, even for a second. If it were not there, there would be, if there were no access, there would be no way out. But there is. We rush past it. We rush past the door. Trying to get in through the wall instead. <laughs> Rushing past the doorway, trying to get through the brick wall. It's pausing, lingering. As we sustain our practice, sitting, standing, walking, pick up the signs. You're walking, notice just as your leg comes down on the ground, walk with your legs, not your upper body. A lot of people walk with their eyes or their heads. Relax the eyes, relax the head, whole body, what legs can do. Um, Legs connected to the back. Strengthening effect as your left leg comes down, your weight rests on that for that microsecond, it causes a lift in the other leg, swings forward. If there were no lift, if there were no swing, you couldn't walk. Let the swing happen through the natural flow of the body. You do this for a while, you get a feeling for natural flow, natural flow of walking, without going anywhere, just enjoying the natural flow of the body Walking its walk, and then walking through the noise of the mind, noise of distraction, till the jitter picks up the sign. This is fluidity, this is the flow. It's firm, steady, comfortable. You can do it, you can walk. <laughs> uh, simple, take it in. So let's take up time for our direct Dhamma practice today, as long as energy and faith persists. <laughs>